Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Today, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard Season 1. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Stargate story himself, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just trying to make it day by day nowadays, like everybody else. I feel you, man. Yeah, that's all we can't do, unfortunately, man. <laughs> yeah. Hard times, hard times. It'll be okay, though. It will be okay. Yeah. Also on the podcast, we have the trick historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing fairly well, man, fairly well. I can't complain considering the current environment. Um, just trying to keep busy, man, trying to get things done around the house and knock out the never-ending honey-do list. So. <laughs> you will never knock it out. <laughs> uh, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> Just make it look like you're doing something, you know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> also on the podcast, we have the tech story in Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? I'm doing fairly well today. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Ready to talk about this season. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm very excited to yeah. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have the Who Story in Cal Jones. How you doing? You know what? I'm going to second, third, and fourth. Everything everyone else has just said. Glad to be here and looking forward to talking about the season as a whole. Awesome sauce. As always, we want to thank each and every one of you guys for your feedback on social media and also by sending email into fans at discussingtrek.com. We really appreciate that. And we're definitely going to be getting into more of that feedback that we've gotten over the season in the upcoming episodes. But we really, really appreciate the feedback, guys. And also, if you want to show your support, please head on over to discussingtrek.com slash support where you can support us on Patreon or PayPal as well. So we always appreciate that. And the best thing you can do, I'll always say this, the best thing you can do to support the show is just spread the word. If you know another Trekkie out there, um, suggest our podcast to them. That's the best thing you do to, to help the show, guys. And we really, really appreciate it. Now, uh, we're going to move on to the news and update section. And first, I have not really a story. We actually got this teaser at the beginning of um, the the finale of Star Trek Picard. But we get this short teaser of Sonego Martin-Green, Michael Burnham, holding the Federation flag. What did you guys think of this teaser? Um, well, me for one, I did not see that teaser. You did but... not. I didn't. There not. wasn't much to it. <laughs> I mean, it's only like five I'm seconds. Captured a flag or something. Or, you, know. <laughs> you know how like the the um astronaut stands on the moon with the American flag. It was pretty much like that, and she has really long hair now. And that that was yeah, that was pretty yeah, much right? it. Pretty much it. And you know, I know we'll get into our speculation about season three at some point, but um, yeah, I really have zero idea of what they're going to do with the next season of Star Trek Discovery. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just waiting with bated breath to see what they do with that. Uh, so very <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm going to assume that Weave isn't canon, so I'm imagining some <laughs> amount of time has passed <laughs> because her hair, like, her hair is really long. <laughs> Weave isn't canon? 
she is that really what we're going here? They went a thousand years in the future. Come on now, she could replicate some hair. I'm pretty sure they can stimulate the follicles with some hypo spray or something. I don't know. That's their Rogaine super. <laughs> Nobody's bald in the future. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Then, let, then where's my ticket to the future? <laughs> Replicator will boldly go where no hairdresser has gone before. <laughs> oh boy, let let Sneak will look fly. Just just get off her back, man. Okay. <laughs> but okay, so I'm just gonna point this out, and I know everybody thought it, but I mean, is it because she's black that we figure it's weave? Because her hair is really short and now it's really long and it hasn't been that long of a time. It doesn't have anything to do with her being black. It's just logic. Okay. (laughs) They jump to the future. So either some time has passed since they jumped to the future or she has weave. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) In the teaser trailer, she says she's been looking for him for, I think, nine months. That's all I'm saying. Some time has passed. That's all I'm saying. Right. Well, they do have that scene in the trailer we got back from, and that might be what you're talking about, Jeremy, but the the trailer we got back from, was it last year's Comic-Con, where they show her kind of sitting in a shuttle, and they kind of allude to time passing by showing her with different clothes, different hairstyles, so yeah, it's been some time, I guess, so maybe it's a storytelling element to show time has passed, Carrie. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, yeah. Now we're on the same. Unless they just gonna open the season with a plot hole. So, (laughs) always a hair gonna be a plot hole. Come on, y'all. It'd be like if 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 one day some girl you know walks, she's like almost bald, and then the next day she walks in, her hair's down to her booty. Like, come on now. Like that's all I'm saying. Now I'm not trying to be like. I got a couple of servers to do the same thing. One day they come in with short hair, the next day it's long. Oh man, y'all about to get that black girl magic upside your head, y'all don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, moving on. We digress. John, did you have a story, man? <laughs> uh man, I got a couple of things. Uh number one, I would like to say happy belated first contact day for everyone on the cast and everyone listening in. Yeah. So yesterday was April 5th, which on, let me tell you, April 5th, 2063 was the first time that the Vulcans landed in Montana and met Zephyrin Cochran. And that kind of set our, it set events in motion that got us into space. So uh, happy first contact day late, number one. Um, number two. Later early, because that's like what, 50 more years in the future? <laughs> well, here we go. Timey-wimey. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> I sure appreciate that, Jonathan. <laughs> Gee, thanks. And something else I ran across that's not super important, but maybe, and maybe you guys knew about this. Uh, so they have a Star Trek Picard Season 1 soundtrack <laughs> from Lakeshore Records. It's available on Amazon for $9. Interesting. <laughs> and and I'm curious as to what I don't know if it's just soundtrack soundtracks of like maybe script because uh, it's 55 tracks and they range from like a minute and a half to five minutes. So oh, cool. Well, this is more so the score. You'll have the themes from various characters as well as background music. I'm sure you're going to have that blue skies in there somewhere. So yeah, they did the same thing with Discovery. So. Oh, cool. Well, I didn't know that. That was pretty cool. So I, I'm not going to pay $9 for it, but. 
Well, listen to it on Spotify, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people who buy soundtracks to certain television shows. So there you really? go. Yeah. Donate them streams. <laughs> <laughs> and the last bit of a uh, little nugget I have is uh, Star Trek official Twitter released about six uh, high definition backgrounds that you could use for your Zoom conference calls. Ooh. Where can so I find that, these? I will send you a link, sir. Well, I'll post a link in the uh, feed here. That sounds pretty and awesome. And just as a side, yeah. And just as a side note, DC Comics has done the same thing, so that's kind of cool too. Oh, awesome! Uh, well, I was gonna say while we're on the subject, I did see. I didn't read the article, but I did see where um, like some artificial intelligence converted Voyager to HD in 4K, yeah, like I they did in So I don't have a HD or 4K TV, so it won't do me a bit of good, but you know, I'm sure that look awesome if somebody has a chance to to watch it. Mm. I mean, I, I checked it out. It it doesn't look as good as a native print, but it does look a lot better than the um the standard def broadcast. Yeah, that's true. And for some reason, man, it seems like the show that is aged the worst has been DS9. I still look at Voyager and it still looks okay, but to me, some reason DS9 just doesn't look great now. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know. It's <laughs> you have it's still look, offended, John. Well, I, I'm biased, so I mean, it, I, I look. I think it looks great. I think it looks better than TNG. Oh, TNG! They've already gave the up They gave the HD treatment, so TNG looks awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't seen HD of TNG yet. Could it be that with DS9 the sets were so different, and the other sets kind of fall? into line with each other because they're the same for the most part, maybe. I think a lot of it that would have a lot to do with it. And, and DS nine was just overall generally a dark gloomy sit pretty much all on every episode. Yeah. So it's probably be, I mean, I'm not a video person, but I mean, I guess it'll probably be difficult to keep, make a HD out of all that. So I don't know. Yeah. Certainly. So they haven't brought DS nine to Blu-ray yet. Uh, no, I mean, they may have certain episodes, but they gave TNG the full, uh, cleanup HD upscale. They gave it the full treatment just like they did with TOS. Uh, I uh, got you. They kind of stopped there. <laughs> so I want them to do, <laughs> I want them to do DS nine and certainly, um, uh, Voyager. That would be freaking awesome. Um, enterprise was in HD at the time, so it still looks pretty good, but yeah, I, I just want them to go back and redo those too. I would very much appreciate that. And buy it. So, <laughs> yeah, guys, we want to thank you for liking and subscribing and all that good stuff and ask you continue to do so. And we're going to go ahead and get into our Star Trek Picard season one review. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. And we're going to get into it. So I'm going to go around the horn and just get everybody's just high level view of the season. And I kind of want to start with Carrie with this, man. What was your high level view of season one of Star Trek Picard? Um, High level view, I would just say the highs were really high and the lows were pretty low. I mean, <laughs> out of all these episodes, there's only one or two that I just looking back. Now that I have the whole picture that I just didn't really like that much in retrospect, 
but um I mean the writing quality was was cheap at times but overall I think it was pretty strong and you know it, it is really hard reestablishing characters that haven't been on air for 20 years so you know I'll give them a little bit of leeway there but um I think overall it was a strong return for Picard what about you Jeremy well I don't know how high level this is going to be but I was I was disappointed Hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, historically speaking, the Star Treks, all their, their first seasons of all the series have been the weakest. So I'm kind of taking that into account too, but I was just kind of disappointed overall the whole, in the, in the, this season. Interesting. But there were some really great moments though. There, there really were. Hmm. What about you, John? What was your overall high view of the season, man? Um, overall, I think it was. I think it was really good, man. If I had to grade it on a scale from one to ten, I'll give it a solid eight. Uh, and just because it, I had some issues with storytelling, if that makes sense, or maybe that's where I'm going. Uh, but there was there were definitely definitely a lot of fan service that I did appreciate in it. Uh, definitely a lot of great set design. Uh, and top-notch acting throughout. So overall, man, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And as for me, I I thought it was pretty great. Um, it was very ambitious in some of the concepts it brought over to to Trek. And you take into account these these established characters that we have this history with, and you taking them in this new path. With that into account, I think they did a pretty good job and they introduced introduced a lot of new things as well as new concepts uh, in this this arc that we got this season. So overall, I think I think it was pretty good. I think it was pretty good. I was happy. I was I was excited watching every episode. You know, of course, some I didn't like as much as others, but I think overall they did a pretty good job um, in reimagining Picard in a sense. So so all of that was great. Well, let's get into some of the um, nitty gritty here. Uh, was it a good season? And I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit so far, but was season one of Picard good? And and it kind of goes back to what Jeremy said a minute ago, taking into account that is the, it is the first season and just looking at it more in general to the other uh, series of trick that we've had so far. Do we think it was good or did it let you down? Anybody want to jump in on that? Um, so I think it was, I think it was, I think it was very good. I, I really do. Uh, but I think we, and it kind of goes back to probably the same comment I had after season one of discovery was, I hope that season two carries on from like carries on well from where we left off. Like I, I felt like this first season did a lot to build into another season. Uh, but as I said on our last podcast, I also think that season one kind of tied it off very, very good. So it kind of left it open to go in a range of different directions opening season two. So, um, I mean, season two could make or break season one. We just have to wait and see. Hmm. What about you, Carrie? Well, I mean, I was thinking of a way to to like objectively sum this season up. And I don't think there's a way you can objectively sum it up because all of us are coming in, into this from like different viewpoints. Like I, I, f I feel like you kind of have to subjectively look at this and it depends on what lens you look at it with 
that will determine if it's good or not. Like, for instance, so as a Star Trek season, honestly, like I think as a Star Trek season, I I don't think it's a good season. Interesting. I I just don't because um like <sighs> there's just too many things that they just kind of play fast and loose with. Um, but that being said, as like an origin story, like if you take this whole season as an origin story and is not like a continuation of next generation, I think it's good because I mean, that's pretty much what they're doing is they're, they're, they're using this season to reestablish Picard as a, you know, as a, as a space cowboy or whatever you want to call him. Like they're, they're reestablishing him as that you, they, there was really no way they could just pick up right where Nemesis left off. I mean, they kind of tried to do that. But I don't think they did a very good job of it because they still had to insert a whole bunch of backstory in between Nemesis and now. So if you take it as like an origin, like a like a, a new Star Trek series, I guess I was to say new Star Trek series origin story. I think it's pretty good um, for the tricky Pierce out there. Like, I feel like some of the things probably weren't like appreciated or liked as much. But as me being a tricky noob, there was a bunch of stuff that I really enjoyed, um, especially his conversion at the end i know i've I've been doing some reading on like like red and stuff i know a lot of people had problems with that um and i to me like it 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 wasn't that big of a deal as long as the the way i feel is like as long as the character can continue and be himself then you know if they would have changed him in some fundamental way i probably would have had a problem with it but they didn't really change him at all i mean it's it it just changed like the stuff under his skin, which doesn't really matter in Star Trek. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. what the whole series is about. You know, we're all the same. So, um, like I said, I, I feel like it depends on like what angle you come at. Um, but like as as a streaming television show, it kept me entertained the entire season. I feel like the writing overall was strong, even though like when I when I compare it to what like I what I have in my head that Star Trek is. There was a bunch of a bunch of things that left me like scratching my head, uh-huh. um, and I've discussed some of those throughout the season. But I think overall, as a new streaming series, Star Trek or otherwise, I think it's good. I think it, I think it is a good show. Yeah, and it's I, I like hearing your point of view on that because you know that's that's something that I'm not going to have a Jonathan or a Jeremy not going not going to have with this series. But it's interesting that you would find it so good not really knowing a lot of the backstory because it's like for me that is the thing that made me most excited at least in the beginning yeah. uh, uh bringing in the 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 part uh bringing in data as this main story element uh for the season and weaving in things like Maddox you know we're getting to talk about episodes that we found fantastic like measure of the man of a man and and going back and you know, weaving what we know of the past into this season, to me, that's what made it really fun and interesting. Uh, well, but- if I could interject for a second, I just want to say that, like, that stuff was just object. I, like, the stuff you're talking about was just objectively good because I look at it like I look at Captain Pike in Discovery. I didn't know who Captain Pike was. Like, I had no idea who he was, but they brought his character was really strong and compelling in the series. And that's why it was good. It wasn't necessarily that he was in an episode like 50 years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I mean, because you're basically saying they, they're bringing Maddox, Maddox and these elements in, but they're they're making them good. They're not just throwing them in there to have for, you know, just to have them in there. So I, I think I do get that. 
I'm just curious, um, Carrie, what, so where did you, like, before you watched the first episode, what were your expectations? Like, how, how did you go into this? Were you, what were you looking well, for? Well, I mean, again, as somebody that's not a hardcore Star Trek fan, Star Trek fan, I mean, really the only thing I was looking for was Captain Picard. That's really <laughs> all I was looking for is just his story. Like, that's why I'm watching it. Shoot, the na- name of the story dang show was star trek picard so like that was the main draw but when you see them pulling from stuff like nemesis that i'd seen before you know or that was actually like a main it was pretty much a mainstream movie i don't know how well it did in theaters but like or pulling from like you know data data's backstory because like again i'm not a hardcore star trek fan but everybody know who know who's who data is everybody knows who Riker is, you know, yeah, like everybody right. knows who seven and nine is like, these are characters that, that pretty much penetrated pop culture. They weren't just star Trek icons. They were, they were pop culture icons. Yeah. Shoot. I remember seeing like seven of nine, like there was this episode where she had this big fight and I remember seeing it on like entertainment tonight or something like it, it <laughs> like they, they were everywhere. Yeah, and, she um, fought the rock. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I say arguably like the like it, in the modern Star Trek era, she's probably one of the most easily identifiable Star Trek characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the fact that they included her, and, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking for the story elements, but they 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 didn't just throw her in there. You know, they actually gave her a reason Their for purpose. being there. Yeah. You know, she had a purpose. Right. She had, you know, she had that backstory she had a reason to be there she had she had stakes and you know she had skin in the game and to me that stuff is what mattered now if they would have just thrown her in there like look seven and nine fighting you know yay <laughs> it, it to me it wouldn't it would have been kind of it would have cheapened it a lot but, but you, they but actually you, i'm sorry go ahead kyle no 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 no. i i was actually going to agree with you because i will take what you just said one step further not only did it make sense to have her in there and it wasn't in there for just a fight sake I would go so far as to say it advanced her story as well by having yeah. her in there yeah. in the way that they had her in there. Yeah, it did. I mean, they really looked into her character about like what what it means to be an XB, like, you know, wh- where her headspace is. Like, it wasn't just that she was there. And I thought that was a good part. Yeah. Well, let me let me riff off of that just a little bit. And I'm gonna throw it right back at you, Cal. And we, we spoke seven to nine. But overall, did you think they did a good job? of weaving in the elements of TNG Voyager or just things in the past in general. Uh, We got a lot of Easter eggs and we got a lot of things like seven that were kind of core to the story. But overall, did you think they did a good job of that? I think they did with the exception of something that we have all already mentioned on this podcast, which was we wish that we would not have seen the credits because I know my enjoyment of weaving those <laughs> elements together would have been a lot more enjoyable had I not known that that was going to be the episode. I already knew these people were coming back, but I would have rather have not known specifics and, or seen it at the beginning before it happened. Just let it happen in story. Well, luckily, I've never been one to watch the credits. And up until and I'm sure Jeremy agrees with me and I'm kind of piggybacking off what he said I, i'm kind of <laughs> dislike you because of that cow because now <laughs> i'm watching the credits so when season two comes around i'm going to be looking for whoopi goldberg's name to pop up and it's going to spoil it for me 
Let me just say, don't yeah. do what Kyle says. I'm telling you. <laughs> now, because of Kyle, I always look at the credits because now I can't not do it. But I would say because of Kyle, part. I skipped the credits now. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? After, do like after Carrie. I saw, after I saw Jonathan Freak's name, I just I stopped watching the credits. Like After that, I just stopped watching them. So why can't we get a skip intro option? Ah, maybe something for the future. You know, what I was going to say a minute ago, uh, Carrie, when you were talking, I'm kind of envious of you because because of how you got to go into this and watch it. Like, I think, like, for instance, myself, I I went into this with so many expectations and so many theories. And so, like, I hope this happens and I hope this ties in and I hope they say this and I hope it keeps with this. And it kind of takes away from the enjoyment of just the moment. And I think that's a lot of what I missed in this season. I totally agree with you because, I mean, not to get too far off topic, but that's what ruined the new Star Wars trilogy for me is I had too many expectations. Like, there's just been so much time since, you know, the story's been continued that I had had already built up the sequel trilogy in my head, you know, (laughs) so that that, that's never the way to go into stuff like this. Jeremy, I want to ask you this. Um, Does how does this series uh, season one of Star Trek Picard how does it marry up to the first two seasons of Star Trek Discovery? Do we think it's been a better first season or is it just striking a totally different tone? I think it's a totally different tone. Um, I, I really think you're comparing apples and oranges because like Kyle pointed out, I think it was last week or week before, you know, we go from having a Starfleet series to a series focused on one person. And that just completely changes the, the narrative. So, you, I mean, you really, to me, you really can't compare the two. Interesting. I, I kind of agree with it. I mean, going into just, I always throw these in because it's my favorite series, but DS9 was sort of similar. <laughs> you you don't really get a lot of Starfleet per se. I mean, they throw it in here and there, but it's not based on the Federation and Starfleet. I mean, it all revolves around DS9 and the Gamma Quadrant. So, I, 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 I feel like I feel like Jeremy said it's apples and oranges. I don't think you could compare. <laughs> so, like for me, again, somebody that's not like deep in the Star Trek lore, like I feel like the first two seasons of Discovery were stronger than Picard. But the only reason I feel like that is because, and I feel like the opposite of the way you guys do, because with Picard, we all know who he is. You know his his mantra or whatever his his ideology is established. You know. I mean, he even comes into the show. This is not Starfleet. <laughs> like, like, like he he comes into the show with that mentality. Whereas with something like Discovery, there were there were no expectations, and they could do whatever they wanted. And that's why I appreciated the first two seasons of Discovery is because they could do literally whatever they wanted to do. Like nothing was off yeah. limits. Shoot, we had we had Klingon sex. Like nothing was off limits. <laughs> and it always we got back to Klingon sex. I'm just saying like I feel like that show had a lot more wiggle room, so to speak, yeah. than Picard that even though some of you know Picard took some they took some liberties in this series, but not nearly as much as they took, I feel like, in Discovery, even though it was based on Starfleet. Yeah. Absolutely. And and for me, I do feel like they are they are vastly different, but I think they're similar in the way um, as far as season one of Discovery being so different from what we got from season two and probably what we're going to get here on out. And I see this first season of Star Trek Picard of having like a nice little bow on it 
that's this that's the way we're gonna kick things off. You know, Picard's a Sith now, and we're gonna move <laughs> on <laughs> into other crazy new adventures. But this is just like the establishing uh, season to hit you with something crazy and get you hooked, and then we're gonna move off into maybe a more Starfleet centric method or or, or sense. Um, yeah, I yes. just think they're just kicking us off and, and then just going to probably move back to our what we know like they did with season two of Discovery. Agreed. Well, it's, it's kind of like what Jonathan said earlier. You know, season two can make or break season one and determine how good season one really was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, you know, <sighs> I don't know if we're going to go back to Discovery again. I think season one is it's a nice little thing sitting over there that took us for a wild ride and it totally you know uh, uh how did ryan johnson say it uh subvert expectations direction <laughs> <laughs> and you know season two brought us on back and you know you have nobody nobody would have thought picard would be a synth by the end of season one of picard nobody thought that would happen but yeah i, I feel like they're probably going to move more towards something we're used to but still you don't have the standard starfleet you know vessel that we're dealing with so it's still going to be different but i think it might be a little closer to what we know in season two let's get into talking some more specifics about likes and dislikes as we talk about these i want you guys that are listening to the podcast you know uh give us feedback on these what are your likes and dislikes on some of these questions we're going to talk and we're going to get right into it so let's go around the horn and i want to see what is your least favorite character of the season and why let's start with you jonathan Least favorite character, uh, man. So that's hard to say because this changed like dramatically throughout the series. I would have to go with man. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of hard to do. So my my first thought was, and she really didn't have a a huge role, but uh, what, what was the Neric sister name? Uh, Nerissa. Narissa, I, I I would say it's a tie between her and this is going to surprise you guys. Uh, um, Ed, what's his name? Elrond, Eron, Elon. Gosh. Oh, Elnor. 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 <laughs> yeah, I forgot his name. Like he start when he when they introduced him, I was like, yes, this is going to be my favorite, and he worked his way right out of that opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a big letdown. I have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> and uh, Nerissa, Nerissa, just just for the fact that I think we could have done without her. She really didn't have, to me, it, she really didn't have an important part. Like, I think that we could have done it all with just Narek and without Nerissa. Other than I gave her a, a fight scene with Seven of Nine that we could have done with or without the two, but... Yeah, and and really thinking if you really think back at the season, pretty much all of her parts could have been played by Commodore, Commodore O, because because right. really right. all she's there to do is to question Narek and to push him push him along in his storyline. Now she does have the whole scene with um, Hugh and a few scenes with uh, Elnor, but for the most part, you probably can take her out the season and still have a solid season. Um, Jeremy, Absolutely. I'm gonna come back to you, man. What, what what did you what did you think? Who was your least favorite character of the season? I don't even have to think about it. It was Narek. <laughs> <I, laughs> oh. just, just 
from the moment <laughs> I saw him, he was just a slimy toadstool of a character. I had to have no abilities whatsoever. Oh, it's just, just, just pure. And I don't hate people like I usually do. But just your pure hate for this person. Wow, wow. Well, I, I can't say you're wrong. He had a very up and down arc. Uh, some parts of his arc were very cunning, in my opinion. I thought very calculated. And then others, you're just like, what is this guy doing? He's just not cool at all. So very up and down. I, I agree with you completely. So, Jeremy, do you hate him? I, I, so, it's a, so, again, I go back to DS9. I know y'all tired of hearing me say that. Uh, Kai Wynn on DS9, which was pretty much the main antagonist, was my most hated character. I absolutely hated that woman, but I think that was a good thing because that was how she was written in. Yes. They yes. wanted you to hate. Yep. And I'm wondering, Jeremy, is that why you hate Narek? Because the, they wrote him in that well for you to hate him? Or do you just hate him as a character, as an actor? Or The character just pisses me off. I, I mean, it's just, like I said, he's a, slow, he's a slimy toadstool of a person, and I just could do without him. <laughs> Yeah, and and like I think it may have been Lee, our friend Lee, who said this, but he was like, "Do you hate him because he was a bad character? Because he's supposed to be a bad character." <laughs> so I I just think that um, his writing was a little too in- inconsistent. Um, if he's going to be this cunning, calculated villain, I I would rather they commit to that than being up and down and you know being halfway pushed by a sister. Which I guess is could be a realistic scenario, but it just it just didn't feel concrete to me for some reason. If we would have gotten at the beginning, if we would have gotten that he felt indebted or less than she, you know, that, he, you know, he felt inferior to her at the very beginning. Yeah. I think that would have made a little bit more sense, but we didn't get that. So it goes right along with what you just said. Yeah, that, that might have helped. But I mean, it's just. It didn't. It, it, it's just hate. That's, that's really just hate. Does does anyone else have any um, least favorite characters other than Elnor or Narissa? Or want to expand you know, on what we said of these two? You know, mine was almost Narissa until I started thinking about Sutra. And the only reason I say <laughs> she is my least favorite character is she was so one-dimensional that it was almost like the classic setup that it's, oh, well, she's going to, you know, be the one to kill some, you know, it was just so yeah. predictable with her. So that's why she won out over Narissa. Otherwise, it would have been hands down Narissa. Not the actress, just the way the part was written. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my problem with Sutra is that um, if they're supposed to be children of Data, she's nothing like Data, you know. Uh, granted, she had this vision of the future or of the past, and that could have swayed her opinion. But she just felt nothing like Data, and she's supposed to be his child. So eh, that's kind of why I didn't like her. <laughs> she didn't have enough story time for me to care. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's the best thing. I mean, I didn't even I didn't even calculate her into my list of people I did not like. And I guess she could have been, but like I said, it's just it wasn't enough story time. I mean she was there and then they offed her. So Carrie, did you have any comments before we move on? Yeah, I guess for me, um I, I look for like 
Like you, you sort of hit on this, but it's consistent, consistent, consistency, and not just consistency for me. It's like, does this character stay true to the way they were established? Like, do they stick to their guns, or do they just kind of just float around like a no- wet noodle? Um. So for me, like my least favorite by far was Jurati. Like by far, she was my yeah. least favorite character. And let me explain why. Okay, so. This girl has spent her entire life trying to create an intelligent life form, right? Like, this has been her life's work. Yeah. She knows, you know, she has pre-established, like, um, ideals about, you know, artificial life. And then this one vision from this person she doesn't even know just, like, completely changes it and compels her to kill not only her lover, but, like, one of the greatest scientific minds of the time. Just. Just like that, like to me, I I I still haven't been able to reconcile that. And not only that, she goes from feeling like that back to being, <laughs> oh my god, AIs are the best thing ever. Um, and I'm gonna give my life to save them. Like it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, and I just I didn't really. She had a lot of like oof or I guess boneheaded lines that just didn't make sense, especially the. What what did she say? Make it so or something like that? Yeah. Like, like she had a bunch of lines like that where it was just like, you know, yeah, I, that was I guess I could have done. Yeah, I could have done without a lot of her one liners. Um, but I guess a close second would be Narek for the same reason. Um, with with Narissa, I feel like she had reasons to be evil. Like she she there was there was something there, you know. But with Narek, he didn't know whether he wanted to be um, lover boy, synth yeah. lover, or, you know. And my thing was, I, he would have been my favorite character in the whole series if he would have actually turned, which I thought he was going to do. But he never really, he didn't know what he wanted to do, and he just ended up being a Blair character. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents. Yeah, I'll definitely back you up on Dr. Gerardi or Agnes, as Rafi likes to say. Um you know, they do make mention that she may have been under a slight mind control when she got the uh, vision, but still, she was kind of all over the place. And again, like that cringe line, and knowing that Patrick Stewart did not want her to say that she she pushed for it, <laughs> I was like, no. But yeah, she was kind of all over the place. So yeah, let's move over to our most favorite character of the season, and I'll go ahead and say it hands down. Rafi Musiker for me. Uh, reason being is she is that thorn in Picard's side in the sense. Uh, and, and not even in a bad way, but she's always going to question his motives. And she's sort of that balancing act for him. And I kind of love that. She's she's other than Riker. She's probably gonna, the only other person that's going to give it to him straight. And I really uh, respected that about her character, even while she was going through some pretty bad things of her own. So I'm ready for the redemption arc of Rafi in season two, even more so. And I I just love the character. I think she's excellent. Anybody else? Hmm. (laughs) Um, Actually, uh, Laris is one of my favorites for the same reason you like Rafi, because I feel like she would give it back to Picard as well as he gave it to her. It's been so long since we've seen Laris and Zavon. I just really wish we got more of them yeah. because yeah. I felt like they were really strong characters. Yeah, yeah they kind of just left them and forgot about them. That kind of that's disappointing in a way because I I agree with you, Jeremy, one hundred percent. They're really strong, likable characters. We just kind of leave them there. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to agree. I like Laris, but I'm going to go back with what you said, Clarence Rafi. I loved everything about her. I loved the actress. Everything was good, but she had a tie. I also am tied on Elnor. I really liked Elnor <laughs> as a character. I know uh, you guys did not, but I really I found him refreshing and I liked him as a character. I wanted to. I so wanted to. <laughs> Let me down. And I you. think I liked him for everything that you guys didn't. I liked the fact that he yeah. wasn't everything that they made him out to be at the beginning, because I think by him not being that was a surprise and he wasn't just that here I'm going to come swing the sword and fight yeah. everything. I get yeah, that. I mean, he like to me, I didn't have a problem with him because he seemed like like to me, he was like an established archetype as far as like TV shows go. You have the learned like soldier top of his class. Then he gets thrown into like real world situations and he realizes that it's not the same. You know, he was raised by women, nothing against women, but he never had that male figure to like show him how to be like the super, super badass dude like. So I, I, he was not by, he was not close to Molly's favorite character. He wasn't my favorite character. See, either, I, I don't even think that was by the fact that he was raised by women. I think it was the fact that he had no real world experience. Yeah. Well, so I think it was, I think it was a little bit of life. both possibly. I was just going to add that he definitely was playing that fish out of water character, which yeah. uh, and normally in Star Trek, that is my favorite character. Normally, that's my favorite character. I think of freaking Odo, freaking Data, freaking Doc, the Doc DMH. Those are normally my favorite characters, but he just does something about him. Just <laughs> I feel like he's got a lot of room to grow, and that's another reason why I, I'm kind of endeared to him. He's got a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Clarence, do you think it might be that we did not see him in every episode? That is something that is m maybe not as appealing as a character for being in that role. If I were to change one thing about him, I think maybe I wouldn't have put him on such a high pedestal at first and given him that room to grow. Because, right. again, when, when I think of my favorite characters, again, back to Odo, Data, EMH. Uh, they are left with this wide swath to go uh, or wide area that they can go into. You know, the EMH can only get smarter. Odo is learning humans more. Data is learning humans more. Kind of similar there. But they have room to go grow and they don't put them on such of a pedestal when we first start off. So I may can say that. Yeah. So maybe if they just would have said he is an up and coming fighter, you know, but they didn't say that. They said he's the best fighter we've ever had. Yeah, and that that was my biggest problem. Like you said, and that, I mean, they hit the nail on the head. Like when they introduced him on that episode, they built him up to be something grand, and it was a letdown. And that, alongside of you know, you said he's more like it was kind of like a fish out of water. And we kind of had we kind of had two of those characters competing for that spot, and one was Soji. So, and I mean, when you kind of compare, we're more interested in Soji's development than Elnor's. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anybody else want to take favorite character? Yeah, for um, me, it was Rios. Rios was my favorite character. <laughs> Rios was and awesome. <laughs> Rios was like an onion in this in this season. Like, you start out and you just think he's this cocky, like, fighter dude. Like, you know, don't tell me what to do with my ship. 
but like as the season goes on, you learn about his captain and you learn, you know, he split his personality because he's dealing with all this stuff. And like, I just felt like there was something as we got on in the series, his character just kind of like it grew or developed or you you like to me, it seemed like there was a lot more to him at the end of the at the end of the season than at the beginning of the season. And um, everybody else kind of seemed to f- you know, follow along just about what I expected. So, like, I don't know. I enjoyed his development more than anybody else. I guess I just put it like that. Yeah, yeah. Rio certainly put on that facade when you first saw him. Like, this dude's bad, eh? And he's running stuff. He has it all <laughs> under control. But, yeah, like you said, Karen, once you pull back, peel back those layers, uh, I, I liked everything we saw when we peeled those back because he just seems like an awesome character. That's another one I can't wait to see what they do within season two. Because I'm totally on board with him. Anybody else? Um, now, for me, my favorite character, and I have a favorite and an honorable mention, and these both are going to be cop-outs, but I don't care. Uh, Seven of Nine was yeah. probably my <laughs> favorite. And I know everybody going to say, ah, that's because you knew it was coming and she's from a but I mean, as far as develop i would i mean she had some development as well but i mean as far as her the script and her plot placement like to me that was my favorite and my honorable mention we didn't see him but a couple of times but Riker. yeah yeah i I, I mean i the few times we seen Riker, he added so much just emotionally to this story that i mean you can't help but to not i mean you can't help but to like it so I know they're cop outs, but th- those are my top. I don't think Riker's a cop out at all. He was awesome. <laughs> he was freaking awesome. Well, I mean, man. just cop out because I mean, basically, he was put there to as fan service. You know, they were like, <laughs> "We need, we need a character to be likable. We need somebody to be tied to something." And Riker is going to give you that immediately, and we all knew that, and he didn't disappoint. So yeah, and- he did not. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he was awesome, man. <laughs> And I guess I should have labeled this question as most favorite character other than Picard, because I think we all can, can agree Patrick Stewart was freaking awesome in this series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jeremy, did you give your favorite, man? Yeah, Laris. Oh, yeah, you did. You, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's but I also uh, have to say we did great with Seven of Nine as well. Yeah, I'm surprised you did <laughs> not say Seven of Nine. I'm really, well, I really I was, am. Well, I mean, because I was going with an original character. But, um, <laughs> But I mean, I, I, you know, I love me some seven of nine. So don't we all? Yeah, she was great. Oh yeah, <laughs> indeed. So, Make it so. Make so, it John, so. who is your who is your favorite original character for this series? Uh, I guess I would have to go with Rios. Yeah. I mean, when we before the yeah. introduction of Elnor, uh, Rios was my, and I mentioned this uh, when we met Rios. I said that he will probably end up being my favorite character. Uh, and I think that stands. So if we go to original characters, yeah, it'd have to be Rios for the same reasons you guys mentioned, like his development was spot on. I mean, we got, I mean, he had a lot to dig into. He had a lot of backstory to dig into. I mean, I, original character. Yeah. He, he would be at the top. All right. We're going to move on to least favorite moment of the season. Uh, anybody want to take that one? I have one. Go for it. Okay, and I'll pose it in the form of a question. Did Dodge really have to die? <sighs> yeah, I kind of see Did she? That. <laughs> I, I, I think so because it's the catalyst that sends Picard on his quest. Right. And that might be the only reason. 
But he was gonna help her. Any, he was gonna help anyway. Oh yeah. But it, maybe it created a little bit of more of a sense of urgency. We had him at data. <laughs> like he was gonna true. help. He was gonna help. Yeah, I, I guess it does uh, raise the raise the stakes just a little bit. Um, agreed, agreed. But I just felt like it was kind of unnecessary. You know, it probably would have been a headache double shooting. <laughs> like other than that, like I don't, I don't see any other reason why she just had to die. Like it just, yeah. So my least favorite moment, take everything that Carrie said earlier about why he didn't like Gerardi and superimpose that on her killing Bruce Maddox because oh I just did, I think, her quote-unquote redemption tour for the rest of the uh, season just didn't make sense to me. So everything Carrie said and that particular scene would be what I least liked. Kyle, it's okay because she said she was sorry. All right. <laughs> well, at least she said that. Okay. I, I take it back then. What was more upsetting about that is they had built up this search for medics the yes, whole yes, season. Yes, and I was yes. ready for it. No and, payoff. Yeah, no payoff. He's just gone. <laughs> Not on the ship good. And he's gone. So that's what upset that about me because I was really looking forward to Sort of like we got to see with um, uh, Brent Spiner's character. I forget his name. Uh, Soon something, Dr. Soon something. Uh, (laughs) uh, Alton. I really really wanted to get that view of what was in Maddox's head that we kind of got from Alton. I really would have liked to just get a few scenes of that. They gave no time to for him to kind of give his point of view. And maybe it made sense because they was pushing the story along. But still, I I just wish it would have got a little bit more Maddox before he died. Yeah, we could, he, they could at least gave us an episode. Yeah. <laughs> before he killed them all. Yeah, agreed. My least favorite, and it's probably, gonna, I'm going to catch some flag for this, but turning Picard into a golem. That <laughs> just really... My precious. It's just right. It just really didn't make sense to me. Like they, they probably could have fixed the issue, the this brain issue that he had, and kept him as is. And I bet I will agree with the cop as. I will agree with you there. Like you think it would be easier to fix his brain than to transfer his (laughs) entire consciousness (laughs) into another organism or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even say anything to that because that <laughs> really I mean, I'm which, sitting here. There, there's nothing to say. Which no, one is the no. more spaced out of the two? Fix his brain <laughs> or transfer all of his consciousness into another artificial body? That, you know, give or take. And then they had to create the skin for the body because they just showed just Gollum. So they had to like make a make a cover for him, too. Maybe they took the skin off his other body. And put oh, it in the no, <laughs> no, no, no. See, I, I got something meta here. See, the writers just got confused and thought that Patrick Stewart was playing Charles Xavier again. And and since Charles has had different bodies, that's what they thought they needed to do. This there same is. exact thing from X-Men 3. Why? Why? <laughs> it exactly. is okay if it was a good X-Men movie, but they picked a bad X-Men movie to do that from. Uh, John, what about you, man? Uh, my least favorite moment uh, was... Losing Egypt, like uh, Egypt's death, like I, I just could have done without even introducing him into the show. Yeah, you know what I mean. If if we're going to introduce him, let's 
do a little something with him to add to the story. Let's see a little bit of how he developed over the years and, you know, what became of him. And it's just, you know, they introduced him, they killed him off, and there was nothing else ever said about it. Was that the XB that got knifed? No, that was the... uh, the board that they drilled into his oh that guy yeah that was pretty yeah well we didn't get a lot of each of in voyager either i mean as far as like i mean he just didn't have a lot of time like we had from seven of nine so i I just would have been i just would have loved to see a little bit more of how he progressed through what i mean obviously we see what happened but i mean they could have built a story around him a little more yeah, and I agree with you there. I mean, even with Hugh, they let Hugh shine a little bit before they killed him. And I still have a problem with him dying, but at least he got some <laughs> good screen time before they killed him. If you would have took any anybody off the Voyager crew and killed him that quickly, I don't care. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. Right. And, and and to do that with... Not necessarily. Well, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Harry Kim, uh, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know in somebody that's so dear to seven i know why they did it they did it for an emotional anchor anchor on why seven is going to do what she does and star uh stardust city rag but still i i really wish they would have gave that character a little more thought of course there's like some off-screen stuff that may have pushed this to happen we won't get into again but yeah i, I that's my number one too as well john this is really unfortunate yeah so we're going to pivot to favorite moment, and I'm going to start right here. I'm going to say everything that happened on the Pente, uh, Astra, Riker, Troy, and, and and ultimately the way the whole episode deals, the way that their time on the Pente deals with uh, not only Soji's pain of finding out who she is and, you know, Astra, uh, Astra's giving her tips about, you know, telling her about data. I found her working through that therapeutically was was really good as well as you know talking about some of the stuff that's going on with Troy and Riker and their son and, and all this backstory and stuff they built for this language and all this other stuff um, that he had brought uh, thought of as a child I thought all of that was really good and that's that's probably one of my most favorite moments of the season I'll I'll say I didn't know I did some research I didn't know that their son their daughter was named after Deanna's like older was that her older sister I didn't know that either. They like died. Yeah. Um. She's in one of the. She's in one of the TV shows. But I was. I I went down a YouTube hole and yeah, Kestra. Oh, Kestra. I said Astra. My bad, Kestra. Yeah, that was Deanna's or whatever her name is on the show. That was her. That is her name. That was her older sister or something that got killed. Um, Oh. But I thought that was cool. But by far my favorite part was when Riker popped in with all the ships and was like, "I'm about to blow your behind up." (laughs) Like that was the best part to me. It was amazing. Until they didn't give us a space battle. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it, but I want it. Would have been it. a it would have been a space massacre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fine with not seeing the battle. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. I really, and that's basically what the last thirty minutes of Discovery season two was. So you know, give us something different. I'm I'm not too mad about that. I guess I was just more interested in what these new ships were going to do, like the Zenho. Like I want to see what those capabilities were and. So maybe we'll get to see a little bit of that in season two. Yeah, hopefully. No, I did not want to see what those ships could do. <laughs> <laughs> no, Commander Commodore O did not want to see what those ships wanted to do because right. she got the heck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else favorite moment season of the season? 
the uh, seven becoming the Borg queen. I loved it. Yeah, that was interesting. Even for an outsider like me, that was pretty dang cool. I would have to say. And I would have liked to have seen more of that, honestly. Like, I would be okay with an evil seven. No. Even for just, no. <laughs> nah. I, no. I, I, I would say the way I, I, I'll give credit to the writing there, because I think her being so relu- reluctant to do that, uh, judging from the path she's taken through Voyager to now of being free and being separated from the collective. I do like they put some weight on that moment. They didn't just have her jumping in there, but they put in just a right. few lines to say, you know, maybe this is not a good idea. And if they would have did that, I may have had more problems with it. But right. as it stands, it was great. Now, I did like the fact, on um, Jeremy, on what you just said, the way the Borg Queen interacted, it, it almost made it to be like a separate entity other than yes. Seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. That was awesome. So my favorite moment, and however brief it was, but I thought it was probably the best the best writing I've seen was the whole data moment when Picard was in the I don't know dream world or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I that was so perfect to bring because I mean we were all wondering how are they going to bring data data into this, especially after the after the Nemesis movie. Like what? How are they going to bring him in here without messing up like the timeline or leaving a big plot hole or whatever you call it? Uh, I think that was perfectly done. And I was glad to see Data like it gave me that those good feels like, ah, Data, he's here. And they also pulled him out of the story perfectly. Like our whole everything we know about Data was his main purpose was becoming human like and that that was always a goal of his and that was a goal of mine just through him and you know he kind of got that at the end and man that that made me the happiest in this whole series yeah yeah i agree man it's 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 the fitting end that we've all been waiting for for data i mean taking taking the real world things into account like Brent Spiner can't play him anymore or is you know he's it's harder for him to play him now just simply because of age I think right. they did a magnificent job of realizing him on screen. What yep. twenty years later since the last time uh, we seen him, mm-hmm. or just about twenty, and yeah, everything about that real well written and a just a beautiful send off for the character. And kudos to the makeup artist that yeah fixed him up to make him look the same. I mean that that was a very good job, and I mean that's an obvious reason to why they couldn't keep it going for an extended amount of time. But yeah, that was my favorite man. I love that. Weren't the lights like kind of dim in the room they were in? Yeah. So they, I mean they played some tricks. Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely did. Um, but but whatever they did, <laughs> it, it was came still out great perfect. though. It was still yeah. yeah, it was still awesome. Because agreed. Because some of the scenes we got earlier, I think the scene with him painting in the field, I was a little questionable. But man, once it got here at the end, it just perfect job, perfect job. All right, what is your least favorite episode of the season, Carrie? Uh, this is going to be a, a dead tie between Start of the City Reg and Impossible Box for obvious reasons. <laughs> for both, I didn't even have to say why, but yeah, Start us because immediately after rescuing Maddox, they kill him. Um, an impossible yeah. box because of Narek. He like gives the woman, gives Soji his name, his his real name. He's like, oh my god, he's gonna try to save her. Nope. And then he he 
Jesus to try to kill her, and that just to me ruined his character. Because I mean, if he would have just been, you know, if he would have been consistent, I would have liked his character a lot more. Like, cause he, we were supposed to not like him, and he was doing a very good job of that. And then he's he kind of like pulls us a little bit into the direction of like well, maybe he's going to turn and like that would and like I'm playing this in my head like this would be a cool thing to happen. And then it doesn't. And then it's just like, OK, he's just an idiot. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm agree with you 100 percent. That's my Stardust City, Stardust City Rack. That's my least favorite. And my reason being is that that might be the most least Trek feeling episode in, that I've ever seen. Now, oh yeah, isn't that isn't isn't Picard like talking like with a stupid French accent? <laughs> yes, like, the costumes. Borg are evil. They are stupid. <laughs> I'll take it one step further. It 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 to me, all of it was unbel- unbelievable. That yeah. is my least favorite episode. It yeah. just it took me out of the story, and yeah. and that was not good. They're not you're not on a holodeck, and and it just didn't feel organic yes. and, and to say it's the least track filling episode is a lot we've had uh, Sherlock Holmes we had uh, Dixon Hill we've had freaking baseball we've had uh, uh, Far Beyond the Stars <laughs> we've had so many episodes of Star Trek that have been holodeck driven Janeway been... used to go see Leonardo Da yes, Vinci for went to freaking Ireland and, and, and the freaking um, yeah, Da Vinci as well in a holodeck to say this Tuvok is the most cried for God's sake <laughs> Tuvok okay. Cried and it wasn't worse than this. Okay, so I, I I got something for you. All of those, for the most part, all of those happened on the holodeck, yeah. and because of that, we suspended our belief because of where it was. Thank you, thank you. And this just it just didn't feel right. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll get on my soapbox. Jonathan, your least favorite episode, man. Uh, so my least favorite episode would be episode one, Remembrance. Interesting. And just because, and I said this after the first review, uh, it just, it kind of, it kind of left me like, uh, WTF. Like, I, I, it didn't put, for the same reasons you guys didn't like Stardust City Rag, like it took you out of the story. Like episode one didn't really put me into the story. Like I was not hooked. And I think Jeremy said this at one point in not this episode, but another episode, like I probably wouldn't have continued watching if we hadn't been reviewing. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I, I was like, uh, it, wow, it left me. You would have kept watching. Well, I'm just saying if there was an episode that like stopped me from watching or that would like tell me, oh, this is not going to be a good series. That was that was going to be it. Like I expected the first episode to like really hook me, and it didn't. It did not do it at all. Well, and I know we said it was a slow burn and all of that, but even on a slow burn, you still have like embers burning somewhere. Like this was just nothing for me. Well, I I think it's if you think of and we keep talking about Star Wars, but think of the hero's journey starting there on on the uh, the, the Lars farm. You know, it it had to start somewhere. We started in the chateau. But we, we, you know, by episode three, we were going places. So I get what you're saying 100%. It started slow. They had to establish this backstory. And again, I think that had some excellent moments. The freaking interview is just excellent. Patrick Stewart, Stewart acting from my point of view. But I I totally get what you're saying. And it, it, it kind of goes back to like one of Carrie's points. Like 
Uh, even like, did we have to kill Dodge? Like, why was that important? Yeah. And I mean, I get why they did it. I mean, I understand understand why they did it, but th- for that to be in the first episode, it just kind of left me like, ah. And then we kind of went through the whole, you know, Picard. And I said this before, like, I was expecting Picard to have a win, and he didn't. Yeah. In the first two episodes, first three episodes, it was kind of on the losing side of the battle, which I do understand. It was to build onto the story, but it's, I would expect the first episode of the new Picard series should hook you, and I didn't get that. Yeah, and again, we're going from that episodic feel we got from TNG to this uh, serial serialization that you kind of have to wait for the payoff. So I totally get what you're saying, man. Jeremy, your least liked episode of the season, man. Um, my least favorite episode is probably the second episode. Because it felt like the middle of a very long episode. And I felt like the story, we didn't get anywhere for that whole 45 minutes. Was that mm. the one where they did the little spray scan and then they TiVo'd what happened in the room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one was really <laughs> slow. Maps that and was Legends. ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, that one was really slow. I, I get it on that one. That one was really slow, dude. And that's actually kind of tied with the final episode for way different reasons. Interesting. Interesting. But my absolute least favorite was probably the second episode. I felt like we just got absolutely nowhere and had to wait two weeks to to get somewhere. All right. Well, we're going to pivot here and uh, finish off our season review with our most favorite episode of the season. Um, And let's start with let's start with you, Jeremy. Let's stick with you. What do you think, man? So I'm going to catch a little bit of flack for this one, but Stardust City Rag was my favorite episode, probably. What? Because of seven. Because of seven, no, man. It was, it was, well, that was part of it, but it, it just, it, I like a good heist, and this felt like a, just a good heist. Mission <laughs> down there. Yeah, stupid the Borg. <laughs> my prisoner. Filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he like slap her in the face or something? Oh <laughs> boy, he didn't slap her, Karen. Come on, man. Why do you like this? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's it's purely, it's purely entertainment value, Jeremy. Yeah, it, it really is. For the same reasons y'all all hated it, it was just purely entertainment. I mean, I, I feel like Seven in the episode was. She was awesome, but at the end where she goes back to kill Jezebel or whatever her name was, Giselle, uh, I, I, I feel like that just didn't feel like the seven I know, and I couldn't get on board with that. That was the only part of the episode that I liked was her going back to kill that woman. <laughs> no, it, that's not seven. That's not seven, man. And she even says by the end of the season, I, I would never kill anybody out of spite or something to that extent. Uh, as she was talking to Rios, and that's the way I felt when she did it. I'm like, that that ain't Seven, you know? That ain't the Seven I know, but... Hmm. Well, Seven's also been through some stuff for the past 20, and she did kill Egypt. Right. Yeah, true, true. Which yeah. was her, her the one who she felt as her son, so, I mean, it probably wasn't within character, but it was understandable. I well, feel probably, like... It wasn't within character from the character we know from Voyager, and I think that's kind of where the problem goes in. Like, this is an all-new Seven that we we're watching, and another reason why I love it so much, I loved her character so much, is because, like, she actually presented us with someone we knew, but, like, totally developed. Like, I, I that's what I enjoyed about her the most, and I think that's 
kind of what we got to see a lot of, and especially in Stardust City, right? Seven has grown, and we got to see it. Did you you guys notice the look in her eye? I I never. There was never a point in the episode where I thought that she was not going to kill that woman. Like I was starting to get let down until she like warped, (laughs) and I was like, "It's going to happen." Yep. Yeah. yeah, and like Jeremy said, I mean, it, it, she right. was the primary cause for each of's death. So, I mean, if you think about it, if someone killed your child or like caused your child to die, like imagine the pain and anger you would feel. That'd make anybody act outside of their norm. Heck to the yes. <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody hurts one of my kids, I'm going after them. Jonathan might have to bail me out of jail if they'll let me out. Well, see so the way I, my bank account set up, you, you might have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, go ahead, Carrie. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yes, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. And I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> Cal Jones, uh, man. What was your favorite episode, man? All right. So, favorite episode, I would actually say the finale, only because it was a you know, weaving together, it brought all the elements together and we got a payoff at the end. So whether we like the payoff or not, eh, you know, we can go back and forth on that, but it was the finale and I thought it delivered on what it had set up. So that's me finale last yeah. episode. Yeah. I will agree. It did definitely keep the intensity up there to the end. Cause we, you know, what the heck was going to happen. Uh, Going in all different types of places, which I guess, you know, that's exciting for a finale. So I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, Carrie, what about you, man? Most favorite episode? Broken Pieces. Interesting. How so sad? Yeah. So, like, I, I really think that Rios is the most interesting man in Star Trek Picard. You know, despite the fact that, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> there was just. There's just so much going on in the episode and the fact that Rafi was going around talking to all these different versions of Rios and like each time we got like a little nugget of why, you know, it, to me yeah. it was, it was kind of like a mystery episode in a sense where sh- she was just trying to fix the whole episode was basically about her trying to figure out why he's in his room locked in there drinking and she just goes around and she just gets these different pieces of, you know, she talks to the different personalities. She gets these different pieces. And then at the end, they all sit in the room together. I thought that was so cool. And I don't, to me, that seemed, it seemed to me like a very Star Trek episode, like from, from the things that I've seen of Star Trek, it, it just, and it was, I don't know. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, it, it definitely was a phenomenal display of Rafi's. And I didn't mention this before, but this another reason she's one of my favorite characters is her ability to uh, problem solve. It, it just is phenomenal. And some of the stuff, you know, um, we didn't actually see how she solved, but we know she solved it. But here in this episode, Broken Pieces is a good example of her um, stepping through the pieces to figure out what's going on. I agree with you, Carrie. It's, it's just an awesome display of that. And just the acting of um, Rios in this... What's the yeah. actor's name? I, I keep forgetting. Dude, dude has range, man. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, Santiago um, yeah. Uh, Cabrera. Yeah. Yeah, He, he his acting is just off the freaking charts. So, got to give major kudos to him. Yes. Especially acting all those different roles. That's crazy. Because, I mean, if you think about it, though, like that in the that, that in any show, like the multiple personalities thing, it could easily come off as cheesy, but yeah. it doesn't like if it, it fits. It works. So, like, I don't know. I really liked it. 
Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Agreed. Uh, John, I think you're going to go ahead and go. Yeah. Uh, favorite episode of the season, man. So it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, so, and again, I'm going with Jeremy here. You guys are going to give me hell for it. But uh, Starless City Rag, man, was one of my favorites. Uh, and let me explain why. Just for the exact reason you guys hate it, because of the whole, like, a holodeck episode. Like, to me, that's some of the best episodes in Star Trek. Because it allows these actors to play an entirely different character and do so well with it. Like you will, it's hard. You'll be hard pressed to find actors that can do that. Like play a different role within a role and do a great job at it. And like one of my most favorite holiday episodes uh, was on DS nine when Cisco was the writer back in the sixties. I forget the name of it, but like, and his acting is top notch just regardless. Like that, I, those are my favorite episodes. And so here we get to see that again. And man, Picard showed off on his acting skills. And you guys probably don't like it, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And it gave me that happy, lighthearted feeling. And I, I just really loved it. And my second favorite would be Nepenthe. Just, um, and I said this before, like the whole, the first meeting with Troy and Riker, like, that like that was a tearjerker moment for me and happy tears, you know? So that like, I, I really love that one as well. So those are my two favorite. I don't know. I guess it's a, a preference, a taste thing there, but, but I, I do get all your points. The only problem was it wasn't on a holiday. It was a real life. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go ahead and go on. Um, my most favorite episode of the season is Carrie's most hated <laughs> And that's the impossible box. Hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, it has to me one of the best moments I've seen in Trek is when Picard is sitting at the desk looking through his old Borg files and he pulls up the picture and we get that beautifully artistic view of his old Locutus of Borg picture superimposed on his current face. That, yeah, that was I good. love that scene. Added to that, we get him. You get to see him go to a board cube once again and face some of his demons head on. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That and, was good. And meet up with Hugh. Loved all of that stuff. It was fantastic. Um, I actually love the Narek. This is my favorite Narek episode as well. It's the episode where he moves on from sneeveling little brother to cold and calculated um, agent. I guess toss your agent. I just loved him in this episode. Now he's not consistent. He goes back downhill from here. But in this episode, I love the the cunningness of of um how he was portrayed in the episode. So that's the reason I love the impossible box. I thought it was a fantastic episode. I will extend an olive branch for you um in impossible box. Now in a vacuum, the fact that he told Soji his real name and then killed her like in a vacuum that's like that's like cold-blooded <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's the stuff that happens after that that kind of cheapens it but yeah I, I agree with you there that was pretty that was pretty like secret agent evil badass dude stuff right there yeah and, and I agree with you because I think beyond this it just kind of negates this episode in a sense 
because he comes off so awesome by the end of this. But after that, like, wait, who was that guy? That guy was the one I liked. Like, why did he change back? <laughs> so, yeah, I totally get it. Totally get it. So, uh, yeah, guys, I think we are ready to finally come to an end of our Star Trek Picard season one review. Uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? Because I think we've pretty much uh, beat this one to death. <laughs> I just got one question. One question for all of you guys. Yeah. And this, it, this is an important question for season two. Okay. So J- J- Picard's a, um, a synth now, right? Yes. So will his pit bull number one recognize him or is he going to bite his head <laughs> off when he gets back to the show? <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds oh. want to know. Oh God, <laughs> that's a serious question. Like I, I like, I, what, it, what's going to happen? I'm nervous. Yeah, how, how does Lars and Zaban treat him as well? I mean, it, it. I, I hope that season two isn't entirely about people accepting him now. Which you know, we'll start with number one and go from there. Uh, but. Yeah, I think that's probably what they're going to make season two about as much as I don't want it to be that uh, interesting to ponder. So I'm worried that we're because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a Borg fan that we're never going to find out what happened to those XBs that they left on that planet. I think we have to go back there. I really think we have to because I think they're going to be, of course, these synths are going to be establishing their new society now being uh, known and being a part of the Federation protected planet. I de- I definitely think we have to go back there at some point. I was just going to say with Soji on the crew, they're as tied to that place as they are to Earth. I mean, yeah. they'll definitely go back at some point. Yeah. And Brent Spiner is there. So like, I, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're not. I, mean, I know we lost data, but by seeing Soon's son, I mean, we're still getting data, kind of. And I think they're going to have to go back to that character here and there just to keep that going a little bit. Because you can't have TNG without Data or Picard or Riker. And we're going to have Riker. We're going to have Picard. It's going to have to be something like Data there. And I think Soon's son will be enough to satisfy that need oh my hope my hope is to see freaking lavar burton on uh oh, that planet yes. helping out with the science of the androids or the synths because that he was that for data and right. it would be so awesome to see him reprise his role um yeah on capellius that would be freaking awesome that's what i want <laughs> i want i want freaking uh uh um, wharf and freaking uh jordy somewhere in season two and I think we're going to see uh, Guinan on Free Cloud running a bar. Or maybe even Quark. Or maybe even Quark. Or Quark and Guinan running the same bar. <laughs> oh, man. See, this is what makes this show so exciting, man. <laughs> the possibilities. Man, if they start tying in DS9 characters, I am over the moon. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> we don't want fan service, but actually, we do want fan service. I've never said right. I didn't. I, I love fan service. <laughs> as long as they do it right, I love it. I mean, don't just stick them in there to stick them in there. Like, make it important, make it worthwhile. But well, you know, my 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 aim is to subvert expectations. That what is that's what this film is all about. Um, subverting expectations. That's my bad Ryan Jessica impression. I'm leaving him alone. I'm leaving him alone. <laughs> I really am. 
uh, yeah, so we are ready to wrap this thing up, guys. Send us in your thoughts about season one of Star Trek Picard. Again, you can hit us up at fans at discussingtrek.com via email or at discussing trek on any of the social medias. And we're going to go around a horn and see what everybody has been working on or parting gift podcast later or otherwise. And let's start with Jonathan. What you got, man? Man, not much. You would think with all this free time, I would be watching more TV. But as I said earlier, I've been knocking out a honeydew list. So I'm kind of getting my handyman skills up here. So <laughs> uh, I finished the floor in my man cave and I got a couple more things to finish with that. And I made a little raised garden for my wife. But uh, other than that, man, believe it or not, I've been watching Law and Order. Hmm. And I don't know. That's just something I got into. I'm still watching. I'm going back through Voyager, so that's still pretty good. Uh, but I mean, other than that, man, not much of anything. What about you, Care? <laughs> I just want to say you could turn on, look at your cable listings at any time, and I promise you there'll be a Law and Order episode. Playing, <laughs> oh yeah, like whenever, <laughs> whenever you look at it. But oh, um, sure. um, the, I, I don't know. The thing is with me is I think we're going to be starting up Tech Petition soon, very yeah. soon. Um, probably this week. We talked about it last week, but um, didn't happen. But I really want to bring it back soon. So look out for that. Um, other than that, um, not really a whole lot going on. Um, just looking forward to, what is it? Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to, um, the new season of Sword Art Online. That's all. <laughs> all right. All right. Cal Jones, what about you, man? All right. For the fans of Doctor Who, last week we did a review of the Sixth Doctor era, or a story from the Sixth Doctor, and this week we will be doing one from the Fifth Doctor. So looking forward to that. So that can be found at DiscussingWho.com. Awesome sauce. And what about you, Jeremy? Um, well, for one, for Kyle, if you have not seen The Caves of Androsny, the final story of the Fifth Doctor, that's a great series. That's a great story to watch. Hmm. Huh. Uh, interesting. Wonder who might be talking about that. <laughs> I don't know. I would suggest to Jeremy he might want to check out the future episode coming soon, episode one ninety one, that might have that particular story. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, I've I've kind of had to do a a bit of a career change because of the worldwide circumstances that I'm not particularly fond of, but I'm adjusting, and um, yeah, just just trying to. Trying to chug along. Yeah, man. And uh, sort of along that lines, my parting gift is going to be to tell people to make sure to stay connected with your family. Uh, voice chat, um, video chat, dial, pick up a phone, whatever you have to do. Uh, try to stay connected. And with the Internet, uh, it is kind of the uh, as good a time as any to, to just video chat your, your your loved ones, wherever they may be. And just stay connected in this uh, time of turmoil it's really bad but it'll get better and uh like like granny used to say or granny still says this too shall pass and just try to keep your heads up and that's going to be it uh just encourage you out there uh just stay connected to your folks and you can always stay locked here for all of the star trek entertainment <laughs> that we have in the conference so far so uh, keep an eye on our our website and um any of the the podcasting platforms we really appreciate it and that's going to be it, guys. Uh, so we appreciate you listening. And until next time, folks, live long and prosper.
Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. Discussing Network.